our attention, give you the honor that is due you. So we honor you and we love you, Lord. We thank you for blessing us with you, with your life, with your heart, with your love, with everything that you possess, Father, is ours for the asking. And we ask you, Lord, to be with us during this time and give us what we need for right now and for days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So God's word is substance and sustenance, amen. It sustains us, keeps us going, keeps us alive, keeps us operating and um, everything, everything to us. Everything comes from his word and scripture cannot be broken, it cannot be a reneged on God will perform his word as we believe it and bring it back to him. So uh, be thankful for the word of God that he's opened up that great treasure to us that is his word. So praise God. Um, but we're going to talk today about um, that you must own your healing today. Amen. Own your healing today. Not sometime in the future, but own it today. Amen. And believe you have it today. Don't let the enemy talk you out of that and put it in, in delay mode or put it on layaway sometime in the future. How many of you know that it's easy to forget when you have something on layaway? It's easy to forget <laughs> to go get it. <laughs> Amen. And so God does not want us to have layaway faith for Layaway blessings, but have now faith for now blessings. Amen. So there is a way uh, to own your healing in the now. You need to know that ownership of something is necessary for faith to be expressed. You have to call it yours. Amen. In order for faith in God to be expressed, because he's not just giving out blanket blessings he's telling us to take ownership of them if we desire he said what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them amen so he's talking directly to us to for us to take ownership of the things that we desire amen so often when God would, uh, when Jesus would do certain things, the disciples tried to believe, but they never took ownership. Amen. When he was asleep in the bottom of the boat and they came and woke him up and say, don't you care that we're going to die? Well, he's like, if you're going to die, I'm going to die. I'm right in here with you. You know what I'm saying? So they never took ownership of the situation in that when they began to relate to the situation, they would think things through and say, well, you know, Jesus is here with us. He's always here with us. And and if we need him to do something for us, he'll do it. But if he's asleep, that must mean we can handle it. See? So, so many times we... we we need to take ownership and responsibility for the, the faith for these things and then express the faith that, or express what faith tells us to express. So Jesus was telling them, you know, you have, you have every ability to take care of this problem yourselves with your faith. And so when we face difficulties, um, 
don't ever think you're short on faith for the answer. All you have to do is own it and take ownership of that thing that you desire by expressing your faith. So that's how we really own things. We own them with our faith. We own them with our confession. We own them with our attention to it and, and, uh, our involvement in it. Um, your, your health you have to own. Now that doesn't mean that you have to run out and, and make it a problem, you know, by, uh, feeling bad because you didn't take care of yourself or you, we're not talking about owning problems. We're talking about owning the solution. Amen. And so many times we're afraid of ownership because we're afraid we're going to get in too deep. We're going to get in over our heads. We're going to uh, confess to some, <laughs> some big crime somewhere, you know, uh, but, but really taking ownership really is taking possess possession of the answer. And feeling that it's your responsibility to possess the answer. You can't always leave it in God's lap for him to give it to you one day in the future, but you got to possess it today. And that's what he's saying about owning your uh, healing and owning your blessing. You have to make sure that you're owning it in in a today and a now fashion. So when we need healing, we have to come to God through the terms of our covenant with him. Faith speaks as God speaks. So when God says he has done something, we must believe it is ours. We've got to believe that about everything. It is not going to be ours one day, but it is ours now. Amen. It's ours now. His word is binding on his part. So once he tells us something is ours, by faith we have to take it and believe that he is committed to deliver it. Amen. It's the delivery that may not be in the now. But your ownership must always be in the now. Amen. It's like when you order something from from the the um, online ordering whatever where you order uh, it doesn't materialize at your house instantly amen but you expect it it should be the same thing with things that we see we have need of in the spiritual realm we take ownership of it by the spirit of faith so by the spirit of faith it belongs to you and you own it in the now. You own it today. You own it right now. The delivery of it may be delayed. Amen. Or delayed from when you think it's necessary or delayed from when you want it. But the delivery of it will come. You've got to believe that it will show up. And this is where the difficulty comes. Because as time moves on, oftentimes people get discouraged that it'll never show up. And if that's what you think, you have to correct your thinking about it. You don't correct God and you don't go to God and say, well, I thought I was going to get this. I thought I'd have it by now. Does that sound familiar? And so we've all told ourselves that when, when what you're doing is you're expressing doubt when you say that. 
Amen. You're expressing doubt that you even have it. Because if, if, if you made an, a, 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 a purchase online and you began to doubt that it's coming, why would you do that? See, if the people say it's going to be delivered, then you expect it to be delivered. And if you have to get in touch with them, you're still expecting the delivery. You don't come and you don't call them and say, well, I thought y'all were going to deliver this. I see you don't keep your word. Come on now. You, you call and you want information on when it's expected to come. You don't call and accuse them of not honoring your order. Then why do we do that with God? I don't know. Cause that's really what a lot of these delay issues being concerned about time is all about. We really think he's not going to do it. Cause if we did, then we'd be expecting it at any time. We'd be expecting him to bring it to us. We'd be, we'd live in expectation and not in fear of why it's taking so long. See, that kind of expression is nothing but doubt. But it's kind of dressed up real pretty. It's just got a religious face on it. And it makes it sound like, oh, well, maybe there's something wrong with my faith. Well, it's the faith of the Son of God. There's nothing wrong with it. See? Or maybe I'm not saying the confession right. Well, if you're expressing, if you confessed it enough to, to ask the first time, keep expressing it the same way. That expression was right. Because you got faith in your heart for that, and you went away happy. You went away excited that it's on the way, God heard me, it's coming. Huh? Or if you didn't, you need to go back and just keep praying in the Spirit until you break that off of you. And then you get that, that note of victory on the inside of your heart. But if you've ever had that note of victory on the inside of your heart, it's still there. You just let your mind wander from day to day. Amen. And see, when your mind wanders, it veers off of, I've got it and I'm thankful for it. And it starts veering on to complaining, the complaint mode in your head. Amen. Your carnal mind complains about everything. And so you have to train yourself not to listen to that if you expect to get some good things from God. Amen. Now, now, many times we, we get into this situation where we start getting dependent upon agreement in prayer. And there's nothing wrong with agreement in prayer. But God is going to hold you accountable to continue to believe Him. Amen. So that it can, ownership must come to you for that at some point where you are 100% responsible for the fact that 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 comes into your life. Amen. So agreement can can ease the burden of it off of you for a bit, but agreement is not supposed to be an easy street that you live on where you don't have to own it yourself or you don't have to take ownership and be responsible and and to do the work of entering into the rest of faith and not let the devil un, unhinge you from your restful position that it's you expect it at any time. It can come in here at any time. Amen. And so when we understand that 
that ownership means that we carry it within our hearts and we anticipate that we can have what we say, that it will come to pass just as we prayed, that God has already given it to us. We're not waiting for him to give it to you. You're not waiting for him to release it. It's coming to pass. Amen. It's going to happen. And so we need to look at the results more as a happening than as something that involves God deciding when to give it to us or deciding to give it to us. Because the parts in between believing we receive it when we pray and when it comes to pass really involves us just being faithful to God. That's all it involves. What do you generally do every day that involves faithfulness to God? Well, just keep doing that. You don't have to do anything extraordinary. You don't have to do It's like tending a garden. If you've got a garden, you might have all kinds of vegetables growing in there. And you walk through your garden. If you see a weed trying to take your tomatoes, you pull the weed out of the tomatoes. If you see one trying to get the peppers, you pull that weed out. You tend your entire garden. What happens to us sometimes if there's something that we're, we, we want badly, we tend to forget the rest of the garden and just look at that all the time. So you gotta make yourself normal. Even when it's something you really want, and you really want to focus on it, you really want to bug God, and you really want to worry, you want to go off the rails. You gotta go look at your peas or your corn or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> go look at some peas. <laughs> and get off the biggie. Cause it's only big cause you think you can't do without it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> See the surgical nurse and me freaked out when you put that lid back on there. <laughs> but I held myself down. <laughs> but we all good, Alicia. That's okay. You know, most people don't think two th- two things about that. But you know, I'm a little like fanatical. Like anyway, just a thought. Anyway, there's no germs on it. You know, if he eat any deadly thing, but you know that nurse devil. He- That little nurse devil is bound to pop up. See, Miss Pat, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we have to restrain ourselves sometimes. Praise God. But anyway, <laughs> but but many times when it's something big, or we have magnified it in our minds, and God's expecting us to bring it down to his level or bring it down with, with get the mountain out of it. Huh? We have to learn how to take the mountain out of things just because we want them. Because our understanding of lack and our understanding of, of, uh, need will make something much bigger than what it is. Turn to Mark 11. 11, so we can make sure we're all on the same page with this. 
because I'm expecting God to make it clear to me, you, Shorty, the wallpaper, <laughs> everything. All right. So Mark 11 and 22, and this is after Jesus cursed that fig tree had died overnight and the disciples were shocked it happened so quickly. Don't let quick results put you in shock. Amen. Just consider them normal because God considers it normal. Because he, many times, God wants us to pick up the pace so we begin to expect at his speed. Instead of putting it on delay mode, as though that's normal, overnight mode is more normal for God. Because he sees it already done. That's why he says, own it today. Own your healing today. And so it says... And, and Jesus said, have faith in God or put your faith in the one who has the power to do what you want done. Don't, it, in other words, quick is God's power. Slow is man's power. Not at all is man's power. You got me? So the fact that Jesus said, put your faith in God really means let him have it, turn it loose, put it in his hands, and don't put a timer on it. You know, put that timer back in your pocket and just let God have it, time and all. But see, what happens, something in our carnal mind says, oh, it won't happen instant, it's, you know, it's going to take some time. See, you put it on man's speed. You ask God for something, but you put it on man's speed and man's power. And we shouldn't do that. You have to put it all on God's power. He says, for truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Mountain is already in our minds. See, mountain is lack. Mountain is I'm not um, worthy. It's going to take time. And But he says, you got to speak to them things and say, God, this is in your hand. Del- delay spirit or mentality to think it's going to be forever. I, I take authority over you and cast you out of this situation in the name of Jesus. Unbelief, I cast you out. Fear, I cast you out. Unworthiness, I cast you out. See, you've got to cast all the, the mountains out of the situation before you can have it. And what Jesus is saying, the problem is not that you don't have something. The problem is the mountain is standing there to keep you from receiving it. I'm going to say it again. Because, see, sickness is not really a mountain. Your unbelief that you will get, that your healing is there, will will become your mountain. Because you're healed. So if you're healed, then what's the problem? Well, the problem is all the other mountains standing in the way. I'm not worthy. I can't have it. Maybe my faith isn't strong enough. Maybe I don't really believe. 
Well, he said, if you believe you receive it when you pray, you have it already. So what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with your faith. Your faith says you have it when you pray. The God kind of faith tells you you have it already. So there's something standing in the way of you walking in the manifestation of it totally. And it's usually some doubt, some unbelief. Symptoms are are things that come and go. You know, sometimes your symptoms will ease up on you and you'll be symptom free. Even though there's diagnosis hanging over your head. (laughs) So (laughs) what's, what's going on here? Amen. The problem is I've got to believe I receive it when I pray and stay with that. Just stay with that. I've got this. This is mine. I'm not waiting on anything. I've got this. Amen. And see, sometime in the middle of the day when you're not in in your I've got this mentality, the mentality of, well, where is it? That'll creep up on you. Amen. Well, that's your mountain. You said, no, I got it. Mountain of doubt. Get away from here. Mountain of fear. Get out of here. Mountain of I did something wrong and he's holding it against me. Get out of here in Jesus name. And make the mountains move and get off your stuff. And then you're right back to, I got this. I got this. I'll receive the fullness of it at any time. I've got this. This seed is growing in me. I've got this. Amen. And when seeds mature, we don't know when it's going to happen. The Bible doesn't have a set time on when your, your fullness of your, your disease elimination will happen, whatever you want to call it. Amen. Cause symptoms will ease up off of you and leave you and you'll be walking around like you're, you're totally healed. And one day you say, you know, I haven't felt that in so long. I'm healed. Amen. I got it. I got it all. I had it all along. Here it is. The rest of it's here. So we have to live like this. The mountain is not sickness. Hey, you're healed. Ain't you hurt? So if you believe you receive it when you pray, and all the symptoms don't leave, there's another mountain somewhere. Because you're healed already there. You received it already. So why isn't it here? Ooh, I just said it. That mountain of doubt I just spoke. (laughs) You see how subtle your carnal mind is? Always coming up with something. He can think of more things you have to eliminate. Huh? I did bad the other day and I, I, you know, I didn't give as much as God told me to give. Well, welcome to the guilty club, but forgiven. Amen. Guilty, but forgiven. Amen. Just don't do it anymore. Ask God to help you to be faithful in that thing. Amen. If you're going to let that bug you, just ask him to help you to be faithful in that thing. Amen. It's like all these, uh, you know, pre, pre-existing conditions they want to throw you in sickness jail for. You know? There's always something. You know, the, the, uh, um, 
uh, you know, bad eating habits. That'll, well, you know, they got people out there eat nothing but green stuff and grind it up in a grinder just to make it nasty. They get sick and die just like anybody else. So you can't always live a prevention life. But you can live an overcomer's life. Anything that attacks you, you have the ability to overcome it. You are healed. You just resist the devil. Amen. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Submit to God. I received my healing when I prayed and I am healed. That's submitting to God. Resisting the devil is mounting the doubt. When you come in here, I resist you. I cast you in the sea. Don't come back here knocking on my door anymore because I'm healed. You know, when is a, becomes a mountain. I mean, anything can be a mountain thrown into the mix. When, when nothing, I'm healed. Mm-hmm. And just defy your carnality. Make it go somewhere and leave your spirit man alone. Amen. See, this is the resist the devil part that we don't do often enough. We don't put enough energy into it sometimes. In the resisting and speaking to the mountain. We just look at God and why isn't it here yet? Uh, hmm? Alex, I'll take doubt for 200. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wrong answer. You're supposed to say doubt, leave. I see you. You just got a, a religious face on. You know, doubt will come to you and say, what's wrong with me that I don't have it yet? It's, oh, no, God, it's not you. But really, you mad at him, pointing the finger at him like his word ain't true. Now, we settled this when you prayed. You said you had it 10 days ago. Now, all of a sudden, you want to know what's wrong with you. Well, it's just a little religious devil trying to make you seem holy. Huh? But holiness says there's nothing wrong with my faith. I'm operating in the faith of the Son of God. Ain't nothing wrong with Jesus' faith. I'm not using my faith anymore. I have faith in God. I obeyed that part of the scripture. Jesus said, have faith in God. I said, give me a dose of it. He said, open your mouth and let me put that word in there. And you say, I receive it. I'm healed. And you chewed on it for a minute. And then pretty soon the devil said, no, if you heal, why is... Huh? He likes messing with believers. Man. Huh? You know, sometimes you do need to go to God and say, God, I'm, I'm just wondering if there is something else I need to do. Is there something that I, yeah, just believe more consistently. Believe every day. Don't take a day off from believing and reminding yourself when you confess the word, meditate on the word, mutter the word, That's for you. God already knows the answers. You ain't telling him nothing new by giving him your word. 
I mean his word. You need to be giving it to yourself in a steady dose. Amen. Just spend your time in the word, meditate on it, get up and go about your normal routine. Just worship God sometime during the day. And thank him for healing you. Thank you, Lord, that I am healed. Ooh, thank you for that. And resist letting the mountain be a mountain. you got to level all of those mountains down. And the first time you want to question why it's taken so long and what's wrong, you got to say, uh-uh, doubt, mm-mm, no, you get out of here. You get out and you go jump into Lake Erie. Amen. And don't come out. Amen. And every time that thought comes to you that something's wrong, huh? You, you gotta, you gotta correct that in your thinking. No, just continue to say and believe that you have it already. Amen. Because that's what God did when you prayed. He gave it to you and you have it already. Some things we just walk in confidence after a while that that we do have them. And if there's a problem getting it into the natural realm for us, then we can go to God and get a strategy. God, this is something that that really needs to be done here, and I want to get it here sooner. Can you help me with this? Amen. But all the time believing that you've received it already, you have it. You have permission to own it. You have ownership of it already by virtue of your covenant with God. Amen. It's nothing to do with you. It's just rather whether or not you believe and hold on to your believing that you have received it already. And so if you've received it already, it it will happen. He says it will come to pass. Amen. It will come to pass. Amen. So when doubt creeps in, you just remind yourself, oh, no, this is coming to pass. This is going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Amen. Because I have the faith that it is coming to pass. Amen. So once you believe you receive it, it can happen at any time. The Bible says that that a, a seed is planted. It grows. We don't know how. So what we're doing when we start to express concern about the length of time, we're trying to figure out how it grows. The Bible says we don't know. So why are you picking at it? Huh? It's like people that cover up a, a, a wound with a band-aid and keep pulling it off looking at it. It'll never heal like that. Huh? Come on, y'all. Leave your seed buried. Push the dirt back on top of it. And and ask God for patience, for the fruit of patience. Because it's coming to pass. Amen? I don't care what it is you ask for. You've received it already when you prayed. So it's coming to pass. Amen? Now, what did I receive when I prayed? You received it by faith. You received the substance of faith for it. Amen? So there's two components to everything. There's a spiritual, which we have when we pray. And then there's a natural. It will come to pass. Amen. So your faith is telling you it will come to pass. So the faith is for it to come to pass. Faith isn't for magically happening right away. Amen. You're magically delicious everything. Amen. 
But you have to understand how spiritual things do happen to a degree. And it's right here. It will come to pass. Amen. So the mountain really would be the unbelief, the doubt, everything that's piled on top of your soil that keeps your your seed from growing. Amen. Dirt can be compacted so tightly that your little sprouts don't shoot up. Amen. So you got to keep it watered, keep the soil loosened up around it. Amen. Keep thanking God for it. That loosens your soil. Amen. Keep meditating on it and, and envisioning it happening. That that loosens up the soil. Amen. Don't ever turn your mind off from it happening. Don't ever think to yourself, what's well, taking too long? Maybe something's wrong. Your seed got planted. Amen. When you believe you received it, when you prayed, that seed was planted in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And you got a receipt for it on the inside of you. got God's peace about it. You just disturbing your own peace with your crazy mind. Go bake a cake or something. You know, get your mind off of it. Go, know what I'm saying? Eat some more calories you ain't got no business with. Do something. Huh? But don't keep plucking up your seed. If something were wrong, God would be the first one to tell you. A faithful God would tell you. He'll begin to direct your thoughts and direct your prayer and direct your... He's not going to say something's wrong with your faith because that's not true. But what he will do is just pull on you to worship him. Pull on you to water that seed with your pull on you to go look at that Bible you keep looking at the top of it. And I hopefully we killed the Bible app devil a long time ago. Because we know when you turn on that device you ain't looking at the Bible app, you're just looking looking at Facebook or something else. Huh? <laughs> Amen. So, so why don't we turn to a couple stories here? Uh, we'll turn to, uh, Mark, Mark chapter 10. It's a story about Bartimaeus. And how he took ownership. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, Mark chapter 10 verse I think it's 40, 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho, now, you know, Jericho was an accursed city, remember? So you don't do a lot of stuff. And, <laughs> you know, you go outside. It, it, you know, seriously, uh, there weren't, I don't think there were many many miracles done there, if I'm not mistaken. That was one of those cities. Uh, Bethsaida was another one. Corazon was another one where Jesus couldn't really do much there because of people's unbelief. They were just sold out to the world. It says they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good comfort, rise, he's calling you. Now a minute ago they were slapping him all upside his head and telling him to shut up. And they said, Oh yeah, now it's okay to talk now. Come on, you know, you don't know what to think. Now, now this is, this is the way faith is when it's first expressed. You ever start asking God for something that you feel like somebody slapped you and told you you couldn't have it? I am. Huh? So your first cries may be feeble. Your first attempts may not get you the peace that you wanted to achieve. Your first attempts, you have to get comfortable asking in order for faith to flow out of you. Because everybody's faith, when it first gets started, is what size? Mustard seed. But Jesus said, if you leave that mustard seed planted, what's going to happen? It'll grow. And so, but what, what the atmosphere and what the enemy wants us to think is that whatever faith we exercise is never enough. And that's what this this situation with Bartimaeus is telling us. It says, if you begin to ask God for something and you get this, your your words bounce back into the room. Now, whoever's, who's, who's, who's felt like that besides me? Your your first time you confess, you think, well, that didn't go very far. I don't feel like nothing moved, let alone a mountain, let alone the devil. Did I really ask in faith? Huh? But at some point, you're going to get to the place where you feel peace that he heard you. Now, if you've been been using your faith for a while, that doesn't happen to you too often. Amen? Because you, you kind of get, you know, part of faith is confidence, and confidence comes from experience of success. Amen? And so once you've had some success under your belt, that thing about it bouncing back on you doesn't really happen too often. Why? Because your faith really has grown some. Amen. The fruit of the spirit always grow. And they, they get, it gets to, to the point where you can get faith and get peace about having received it when you prayed. Pretty much every time you ask God for something, and then pretty soon it'll thought to come to your head of something you need and you'll start just thanking God for it. You don't really see it as a problem. Amen. Problems people, people have more problem thoughts where money is concerned and health are concerned. That's why God gives them to you by the blood. They're given automatically at Calvary. He gives you a jump start on both of them because he knows that, that they're going to put desperation in you if you're ever lacking in any one of them. Amen. And so, so we have kind of like a, um, uh, a baseline faith, if you can call it that, entry-level faith, that we step into the arena 
of wrestling with. Because you're really wrestling the enemy to force him out of your life and release what you have. See, when you, when you believe you received it, when you pray, you have God's permission then to enter the arena of wrestling the enemy for the total manifestation or come to pass of it. He says it will come to pass. He didn't say, I will give it to you. What he says, I gave it to you already. See, you're not waiting on God to give you anything. Then why do we keep going to him telling him it's not happened yet? See, we need to shut up and say, oh, God, thank you. It will come to pass. I slipped for a minute. I almost, I almost did it, God. I almost said it, but I caught myself. Amen. <laughs> this is how life goes. So really, you're really wrestling with the carnal man who wants to tell you to keep living in the natural, keep looking at what it looks like, keep going by what you feel like, keep going by what they say, keep going by Instead of saying, nope, I have it already. Nope, I received it when I prayed. Nope, I'm not going to let my mind go there. Nope, I'm not playing that game again. Last time I played that game, I was out there in the field for 15 days trying to figure out what happened to my peace in saying, I believe I received it when I prayed. I have it already. I've owned my healing today. So Bartimaeus really is just in the process of owning his healing. Uh By saying, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He's a blind man and a beggar. Beggars don't usually fight with people. They try to appease people. You're not a beggar either. Huh? We're heirs. We're not beggars. Amen. We're not doubtful as to whether God's going to do something for us. He gave his blood already to show us that nothing will be withheld from. If I poured out my blood for you, how do you think I won't pay your bills? Why do you think I won't buy you new clothes if you want them? That's why he tells you to ask for the clothes instead of the money. You know, when, when people, when you're, when you run a household, there's always things that'll come up. You know, God will send a woman money to buy clothes for herself and she's, well, the kids needs. That's why he says, ask me for what you want, crazy lady. You go buy the kids clothes with the money you got and you mad because you got to spend it on them instead of yourself. Cut it out. Just ask me for what you want. Money mess you up a lot. You got to ask God. He can be honest. Be humble. 
You know, wouldn't be diddling around. Give me some money. I need some money. I need some money. You're going to spend it on something else anyway. <laughs> so we're not beggars. Bartimaeus started out a beggar and he wound up being victorious over everything. Amen. So sometimes in one prayer, you can start out begging. Now, see, if you've never been there, you probably didn't start from scratch in your prayer life. I did. God, can I have? God, I want. See, God, can you give me? No, 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 no. Begging. We all start out like that. Full of doubt, full of fear, not sure. That's what beggars, that's a beggar's mentality. Where you're full of doubt, you're full of fear, and you're not sure. Sometimes we'll pick up a confession that we heard somebody else use because we thought they sounded more spiritual than us or more confident than us, and we'll just repeat it, see what it sounds like, and it bounces back on us. Amen? So we know that's not the way. But do we quit? You keep going. Until you find that road of faith that leads you into a confident prayer and thanksgiving to God and believe you received it when you prayed. That's all that's happening to Bartimaeus. This is our story. He's doing the same thing we all do. We start out begging. We start out every time the thought comes to us that we can't have it and we push it out of our minds. You ever been that way? Something you really, really want from God and you you don't even pray yet. Every time you think about it, you push it out of your mind because you're sure you can't have it. But somehow it won't let you go. So you go back again. And you look in the word and you say, well, God, I, I really need this. I'm God, can I? That's all he's doing. Every time they make him shut up, that's you and me when we think about something we want and your mind tells you no. Shut you down. Some of us, we've been letting that happen to us for years. And then we finally get desperate and get caught. Well, if that, it, if not now, when? If not me, who? Amen. You just get fed up with your fed up. And you say, I'm going to stick, stick my little mouth out there anyway and see what happens. Like Esther, if I perish, I perish. Amen. But I'm going to ask. The confidence for asking comes with wrestling with you can't have it. You gotta do that. Cause that de- demon's gonna creep up on you. You're gonna be sitting one day so confident, you just expecting it every day, any day now, and days go by, and days go by, and days go by. And then your mind starts wandering. Oh, I wonder if I, was I really in faith when I prayed? Why is it taking so long? You're gonna have to fight that demon one day or the other. That's the mountain. The Jesus talk, the mountain is not what you want. 
the mountain is the thing standing between you and what you want. I'm going to take a nap while y'all just get with me there. Huh? See, your healing's given already. That's not your mountain. Sickness is not your mountain. Pastor Brown, I don't care what you've been told all your life or what you've been. If your faith is in God, you'll talk to anything that's standing in the way of it. Mev? So Bartimaeus realized that he had to own this thing before he was going to get it. He said, wait a minute. He said, they keep pushing me away. Said I thought Christians was nice people. <laughs> you ever know you ever think that God puts you around mean people to see how determined you are to have something? Yeah. Y'all babies, put away childish things. Amen. Get rid of the real world. See, Bartimaeus tried being nice to the mean people, and he didn't get anywhere. They pushed him away anyhow. You can't be nice enough to the devil to make him leave you alone. You're going to have to resist him. So the first thing Bartimaeus faces when he starts expressing the faith that he has is resistance. <laughs> that hurt Pastor Bob. I know, I know. You get over it. Huh? Cause your crying ain't gonna make the resistance go nowhere. You think the devil feels sorry for us? <laughs> he knows your healing's already given. The only thing he can do now is talk you out of believing God that it's there already. Get you to put it on it must be something wrong. Get you to believe there's a problem somewhere between you and God. Please don't tell me you believe that. <laughs> there's never a problem between you and God. Alright? I Okay? Alright? And not because you so good, it's because the blood. Amen. If it's a problem, it's because you don't appropriate what's yours by way of the blood. He's waiting on you to confess whatever it is. Doubt, unbelief. You murdered somebody. I don't know what it is, but let's get it out of the way and get back in fellowship, harmony, oneness. So it says many people charged him that, oh, many mountains standing between me and having the peace that I have it already. All you got to do is stay engaged in the fact that you have it already. Not that it's coming. Not that one day it'll... You have it already. I don't care what it is. Hey? If it's it's a a husband or a wife, you got it already. If you got to go get a, a, a 
a bale of hay and some Wrangler jeans and stuff them and put a little smiley face on it and sit it up in a chair beside you to remind you that it's yours already. Some real man come in there, scare him half to death. Who is that sitting up there in my chair? Whatever. I don't know. Do something. You know, you meditate day and night. The Bible says you got, sometimes you have something to look at. Amen? Meditate day and don't be scared to feast your eyes on something. That's just unbelief trying to make you think it won't work. Amen. If you put a picture of everything else up there, got a picture of one of them diamond rings, you know, the five carat diamond rings, got, that's sitting up on the refrigerator. Well, you got to have a man to bring it to you, so you might as well put him on there. Good gravy. Let's get with the program, folks. So it says, many charged him. That's many mountains are going to come to you and tell you it's not yours. When you've received it already. Now why would the devil do that if it, because it works? If I received it already, it don't make sense for him, but it works. It works to keep us in unbelief. It works to keep us in delay mode. Thinking there's some reason why God don't want us to have it yet. When you have it already. Whoopsie. Well, if I have it already, what's the problem? There is no problem. I'm going to say it again and maybe somebody get happy. There is no problem. I'll get happy myself. Hey! There is no problem! Problem was taken care of at Calvary. When he cried all the more, verse 48, I'm sure 47 it happened many times. And he walked away. But somehow he was different this time. He had a determination this time. He said, you know something? I'm going to be different. His faith really made him different. You know, faith will make you bold and confident. How is a beggar bold and confident? Their faith changed them. It's not his little begging mode anymore. He's got the faith of the Son of God working in him now. Amen. He's got righteousness. You know, righteousness tells you there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your faith. That God is dying to give this to you. Cause he did. Amen. So he says, he says, many charged him that he should hold his peace. Just be nice, Bartimaeus, like we always make you do. Just be quiet like we always make you do. If you're quiet, Bartimaeus, somebody might take a liking to you and give you a scrap. It's them loud people that turn everybody off. 
But when he cried all the more, guess who noticed? Woo! The one who parts the waters? The one that makes the sea be still? One who can do anything but fail? The one to whom nothing is impossible? When Jesus noticed him, guess what else happened? Every usher that was out of order got in order. All the people that said no all of a sudden say yes. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You mean them people that told you you couldn't borrow that money now all of a sudden going to let you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You just cry all the more loud. God, I thank you. This is mine. I got it. I have it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. You said I could have what I say. I say it's mine. You go in the loan officer's face and roar at him one good time and see what might happen. They don't give you money based on your good behavior. Now, I'm not saying go in there and be bragging and arrogant and all kind of crazy stuff. They'll go in the flesh, let the devil get a hold of this thing. But know in your heart that it's yours. Thank God that it's yours. Bring God in on it. Did you see when Jesus got in on it, everybody stopped and got nice to the little beggar all of a sudden. He said Jesus stood still. And commanded him, commanded him to be called. When the commander makes a command, everybody got to obey. Huh? Anything that's in opposition to what he wants has to get out the way. Everybody that was mean all of a sudden gets nice. You ever had somebody say to you, gee, there's something about you. I don't know what it is, but I just want to do this for you. We don't usually do this. That's this right here. Huh? Everybody stood still. Jesus commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying to him, be of good comfort. Rise. He's calling you. Huh? And he, casting away his garment, that was just a formality. He had come out that beggar stuff minutes ago. Huh? He just was saying, oops, I don't need this no more. Why? Because he had it already. And he knew he had his sight. See, when Jesus said, uh, tell him to come here, he knew he had it. Just like when we believe, we receive when we pray. We have it. Was he seeing when he threw the garment off? No, he wasn't. Let me back up a little bit. I just, somebody that ain't with me and went to sleep on me. It says he, casting away his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. 
Suppose he was still wrapped up in his beggars or holding it or Just a thought, just a thought for those of us who can't lo- let go of things in order to receive from God. <laughs> Keep that just in case. <laughs> like, like the last ten pills in the bottle sit there for like five years. <laughs> if you ain't touched them in five years, you must, you must be healed! Huh? Just a thought. Something about. Something about. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Came to the one who had the power. Came to not the ushers and asked him, are you sure? Ah. Came to Jesus, and Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do to you? What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he gave him the right answer. You you respond to that questioning from God according to what you have faith for and what you want. You got me? It will shock you the number of people with obvious ailments who will ask for something else when they come to the altar. Somebody with a crutch will say, I want my finances straightened out. Uh, you start walking right, your money will come. You can probably go out and earn some money now. You got me? But if they don't have faith for that, they won't ask for it. You ask for what you have faith for. Amen. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And he said to him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Amen. This is after the beggar's garment is left behind. So he's begging no more. Begging is a sign of lack of faith. Faith doesn't beg. They're not compatible with one another. So when your faith is involved, that thing that says, I'm not sure if you're going to do it for me, so I got to whine and carry on about it. Like, why is it taking so long? What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Where did I drive off the road? You know, like Marilyn Monroe and bus, Miss Marilyn Monroe and bus stop, familiar lines. You know, it, it's like, as if drama and emotionalism will get you anything from God. It never does. Now, some people think it does. But sometimes it's the expression of your dying carnal man before your faith is released. Yeah, you know, you've heard people say things like this. Now, <clears throat> um, I told God, if if he didn't say my husband just get him out of my life and the next week he was saved. Well that's not how you ask for it. That ain't even scriptural. I'm shocked a little man got saved. He was on his way, but you was in the way. But you know what that is? 
No, let me tell you what that is. That is the last expression of your carnal man before he dies and gets out the way and your faith begins to manifest. Either you you heard this one, either heal them or take them home and they get healed. And people are crazy enough to think that's what, well, they were healed already. You, the mountain, just decide to get out the way. What you expressed that what right then was, I'm not going to say any more about this, God, I'm leaving it up to you. You just got a goofy way of saying it. But as soon as we're out the way, then God can manifest. Huh? Jesus said, what do you want me to do? Should be obvious to any minister, but we all have to ask it. And if you don't ask it, you've made a mistake or a blunder. Because their faith must be engaged. Because Bartimaeus could have said anything. He could have gone up to Jesus and say, you got some money on you? Huh? Because that's what he always did when he got people's attention. But this time, he decided to ask for what he really wanted. See, as long as the thing you're begging for is a secondary desire, God can get you to the point where your real thing that you really want becomes the main thing that you speak about. He begged for money because nobody came in to do what Jesus did. If there were people around who normally could heal people, he would have asked for that long ago. But now he sees this is his opportunity to get it, and he's real smart. He decides he's going to go for the gusto. He said, it's now or never. And he began to operate in that, this is my chance now. It's mine now. If I can't get to Jesus now, I might as well forget it. I'm getting it now. And he fought through and he fought through and he fought through until he got it. It's the same way with us in Mark 11, 20, 23 and following. We fight the mountain until we get what God has for us. Because the mountain is there to discourage you. The mountain is there to tell you it's not for you. The mountain is there to tell you something wrong with you, something wrong with your faith. You got a generational curse. You got witchcraft working against you. You got all these people uh, against you and nobody wants you to have anything. That's the mountain. And it never runs out of excuses for you to not use your faith. That's why Jesus says you talk to the mountain. Because the answer is given already. You talk to the mountain to get out of the way of your answer. Manifesting. Amen? Everybody's got them. If everybody didn't have them, he wouldn't have mentioned it. Where was the mountain with him with the fig tree? Right, because there was no mountain. We got the mountains. Jesus don't have them. Amen. 
He said, all I did was speak to something. And it obeyed me. Amen. He said, all you do is speak to something and it will obey you. We can't call that fig tree a mountain. That was part of creation. He was always in control of creation. It either lived or died according to his word. He put the seed in the earth and the ability for the seed to reproduce after its own kind if conditions were right. He just reversed conditions. And he said, I did it because the father told me to do it. I put my faith in him. He said, if you put your faith in him, you do the same thing. Huh? Many things that Jesus did as a demonstration of faith. He didn't do because he, it was a problem for him. There are no problems for him. He's a king of glory. He's a king of all good things. Which means the more he talks, the more good comes into being. Amen? But he did that as a demonstration for them. And and a a metaphor for, for Israel. Not producing fruit at their time. But they get another time. He's the Lord of creation, folks. He's the king of glory. Amen? He, He has everything in his hands. Everything. But he did that as a teaching tool for his students, his disciples, so they could see the power of faith in God on our words that we speak. So when your faith is in God and you speak as God speaks, you get the same results. Amen? You get the manifestation. It took him 24 hours to get that. But it was dry. It was withering from the roots already. Amen? Whenever God speaks, he speaks to the root of a thing. See, your symptoms may be caused by a root. God's working on the root. Every time you thank him for healing you, he's working on the root. You may not see the fruit of it for a minute, but he's working on the root. Amen? You don't have any more generational curses working in your life. We curse the curse with the blood. Amen? Now, you can let the devil play with your mind and make you think he's got some power over you, bigger than what God has. But evil never triumphs over good. Amen? Good always wins in the end. So we're, we're in the, in the kingdom of good. Amen? Amen? We're not, you know, the wicked witch of the West, that house fell on her. If y'all don't understand what the Bible is saying, that house fell on her. And her little shoes, her little feet curled up and left them shoes out there. Huh? It's true. There is no curse on the new covenant. I don't care if you don't tithe, you're not cursed. 
<laughs> Don't take that from me. You know, people get a little crazy. They think their their tithe is more powerful than the blood. See, the blood is what makes the tithe effective now. It wasn't effective for Israel. Them people never gave a tenth. You think the people really gave their money to the priest? I ain't giving my, my money to, to Levi's kids. They don't know what to do with stuff. I don't keep some of mine. And don't let summer come and people want to go on vacation. Lord. But you're never under the curse, are you? You keep living, you keep working, you keep going to the work, you keep prospering. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can't vow be- beyond where God can give you the power to, to do it anyway. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, everything is under his authority in your life, folks. It's it's by grace that you're able to even obey him in small things. Huh? Everybody's going to come to a day where it's, a, it's a, a challenge between paying the bills or giving to God. We all got to make that decision. Amen? And you start exalting your giving above your faith in God. You're going to have some struggles there. He's going to show you your faith in me is bigger than what you're doing with your money here. Now just be faithful with your money, folks. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of giving anything. Now that'd be real stupid. But don't get the, the, the cart in, in front of the horse. Make sure your faith in God is driving the whole show. And your blessings come out of the blood covenant, your faith in what Jesus has done, not your faith in what you do. See, you'll start taking it over and start frustrating the the grace of God in your life. Grace is what makes you comfortable in your giving. You're not supposed supposed to struggle with that. You've got to get comfortable and assured that is what God told you to do and you're being obedient. To what he commands you to do. See, we've ruined a, a, a good financial plan for the body of Christ by trying to curse people for not doing it. So now ministers now like myself got to come and look stupid to people by telling you there's no curse on you. There couldn't be. Or you get crippled every time you got mad at somebody. I mean, if you don't believe in what, you gotta believe in all of them now, if you, come on now. So that's why that whole teaching backfired on everybody. People started leaving churches over money. You understand what I'm saying? And whether they're blessed or whether they're cursed or whether they're, you know. It's ridiculous. There's, there's no curse on the new covenant. Cause sinful man didn't sign for nothing. Huh? A holy God signed a covenant in his holy blood with his holy self and left us holy out of it during the transaction. So you just woke up one morning and found a blessing in your life. You ain't sure how it happened, why it happened. All you know is you feel like it's for you, right? So that's all we need to know. 
God took care of everything. That's why you need to rejoice that, that Jesus died for you. That's something to rejoice about. He gives you the ability to obey him. He gives you a mind to obey and a will to obey. Everything is paid for that that gives us a good life. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stop? Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for your blood and for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your holy, holy word. Thank you, Lord, for reassuring us about our faith that we have it already. It belongs to us. We can own it today. Amen. And it will come to pass. We'll get the the title. We'll get the keys. We'll get everything. Amen. It will come to pass. And there's no time limit on it. It can come to pass at any time. Amen. We need to start believing for now. And then sooner rather than later, it will be now. So we thank you, Lord, that we own it right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Why don't we do our affirmation? I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. And amen. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.